Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Monday, October 26th edition of the Monday Check-In. I am Damon Jensen-Heitman, uh, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, and glad to be back with you, our loyal listeners, and you, Pastor Damon, doing these. We had a little bit of a two-week hiatus from our Monday check-ins, and so we're happy to be back and uh, glad to be doing this together. Yeah, uh, I just realized that um, my name is wrong. Gonna have to fix that, Damon Jensen Heitman. This is the way... Repetition is the key to learning. That's what I that's what I learned the other day. <laughs> from I learned that from Casey Malafua, who learned it from Jim Bobby, actually, in one of Jim Bobby's classes at Hastings College. So there it is. Repetition. Repetition is the key to learning. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and repeat a thing that we often say uh, on this little adventure. So the Monday check-in, for those that don't know, we take a little bit of time and we do a little mini Bible study. Essentially, we take a look at the scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. And we talk about that a little bit, what it might mean, uh, how we might interpret it, uh, what role it might play in the service on Sunday and in our lives. And then we transition from that to sharing a little bit about the life of the church at First Press. So uh, some things that folks should be aware of um, as, as, as it relates to what's going on there. So that's the plan that we did the welcome. Uh, I did the thing. And now it's probably time for a prayer. Is it you or me? I'll take it over. All right. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for this opportunity to meet in this way, to reflect on your holy word and the call it places on our lives. Thank you for the opportunity that uh, Damon and I have to do this and for uh, helping grow in each of us a love for your word and a love for your people. May the reflection that we share help to grow that same love in those who are listening. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have a couple of scriptures for this upcoming Sunday. and We will be celebrating All Saints Day at First Pres, it's the rare time when the observance of All Saints Day actually falls on All Saints Day, right? Yes, that on is November, correct. Sunday, November 1st is actually a Sunday this year. So yep. um, so we're, we have a, a selection from the book of Revelation, and then we have a reading from the Gospel of Matthew as well. And both of these scriptures are probably pretty familiar to folks, so... Um, but first from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. After this, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these 
robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the, to springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Here ends this reading. And then, uh, and then from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain. No, he didn't go up to the mountain. He went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here ends this reading as well. Greg, what do you got? Where do you want to start? Well, you know, the book of Revelation is a funny book, and it has been so misinterpreted and well, interpreted in so many ways uh, over the years. Uh, and so it's tough to know exactly what is being said here. But if you're interested in doing a study of the book of Revelation, I might add that uh, every Wednesday at noon this year, this, uh, this scholastic year, this academic year, uh, we are actually doing a book study on the book of Revelation led by our scholar in residence, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh. We probably should have brought him into this Monday check-in, although it would have lasted a lot longer than our Monday check-ins normally <laughs> do had we done so. Uh, I'm not saying Dr. Deffenbaugh is long-winded. I'm just saying he has a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I thought you were going to um, say, you're not saying he's long-winded. You're just implying it. <laughs> um, so but No, he is full. He is a font of wisdom. Indeed. these sorts of things. Yeah. Indeed. And... Uh, Revelation is so tricky because, as I said, it's, it's been interpreted so many ways. Uh, John Calvin, the founder of the Reformed faith, wrote a Bible commentary on every book of the Bible except Revelation because he was afraid it would be misinterpreted. Although you'd think he, if he was writing an interpretation. But anyways, that's, that's how that story goes. Um, so it's hard to know what to do with this. What, what I'll say is... Um, for me, this is the assigned text, the lectionary text for All Saints Day. And uh, for me, what it does is it paints a vision, perhaps, of uh, a picture of heaven, uh, of a place where our loved ones uh, who have gone before us might be. And, and to me, then, if we think about it in that context, and that may or may not have been what John was writing about, but it's one interpretation, um, it paints a, a stunningly beautiful picture of what that kingdom of heaven might look like. Uh, right, we've got. Uh, 
I like the multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribes, peoples, and languages standing before the throne of the Lamb uh, and, and praising God, just this joy that is present in that place. Um, and then the description of the way that God is, is their shepherd. God takes care of them. So they'll, they'll never be hungry again, never be thirsty again. God will wipe every tear from their eye. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a very comforting image to me that, that God put this image in someone's mind and someone wrote it down in the book of Revelation as uh, what I believe to be a, a source of comfort for people. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting um, because the book of, of Revelation um, has has been interpreted in so many different ways. Um, and I think that we could probably say misinterpreted along the way as well. Um, that's one of the things that I find it interesting about this little passage is um, like, I want to know who these people are, you know? <laughs> um, and so when the elder addresses um, John, the John of Patmos, um, which was, not John the disciple, a different person, but nor John um, the Baptist. Yeah, not John the Baptist. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> different John, lots of Johns. Um, uh, so, yes, okay. Who who are these people? Where do they come from? And uh, John says, "Well, you you're the one who knows that." And says, "These are the ones who have come out of the great ordeal." Um, and I think that that little the little two words, great ordeal. Um, has probably been uh, kicked around and played with quite a bit. What is this great ordeal? Um, I think if I'm correct, somebody will correct me if I'm not. Um, most likely that great ordeal um, was an allegorical reference to the persecution that Christians were facing at the hands of Rome. And so that these might be some early martyrs of the church um, who being being mourned by their community and um, and yet God providing the community with this vision of them um, taken care of uh, every every tear wiped from their eyes uh, and standing at the throne um, their robes uh, their robes made white um, again um, instead of what they may have been as they were as they were being martyred um, and that. And even if that is the the sort of historical context within this is written, I don't think that that takes away from the message of hope that is contained within it. Right? And we don't walk around facing a whole lot of persecution, um, but I think that this this message of hope, this image of hope, this image of um, and hope for one true sort of union one day um, with God still holds truth for us as people of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's probably the assigned text for All Saints Day from the lectionary is that uh, it does provide a vision of hope that uh, while grounded in a particular historical context also has a more universal hopefulness to think about where it is that our loved ones may be and what they may be experiencing on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So then you've chosen to pair this uh, with the Beatitudes as found in the Gospel of Matthew, at least. And actually, again, not my choice. This was the assigned text for uh, for the Revised Common Lectionary for All Saints Day. So, Gotcha. I misinterpreted. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, 
we, we've, we talk about, we typically preach from the lectionary during the school year and that this is, these are these assigned passages on a three-year cycle that a group of really smart scholars got together in the 1970s and actually riffed largely from the Catholic church, but uh, put our own Protestant spin on it. And that's what we do. And so um, generally what these scholars did was, was pair texts together that had some sort of string that, uh, of course the whole Bible is connected, but the, the a particular string or a connection and so um, in this case, they, they pair this Matthew 5 text with the Revelation text, as well as a beautiful psalm, which we will uh, probably use as a call to worship or weave into the service in some way or another. But uh, yeah, the, this Matthew 5 text, the Beatitudes, and, and of course, I think we zone in because we're thinking about All Saints Day, uh, particularly on the Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they mm -hmm. will be comforted. Um, that's certainly, I, I think relevant mm -hmm. for all saints day relevant just in general but particularly as we think about uh those that we've lost in the last year yeah i think i think the the combination of these passages are <clears throat> in, interesting to me because um and in part because i'm so i'm looking at five matthew five verse three um less of the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and that kingdom of heaven phrase, we talk about that um, a lot. And when we talk about it, we oftentimes talk about it as the now and not yet, right? That, mm -hmm. that there are ways that we can be aware of and enter into the kingdom of God now, right? In, you know, at 1040 uh, a.m. on a Monday morning. And then there are ways that we will enter fully into the kingdom of God later, right? Or, or the kingdom of God may arrive fully later um and i think that these two like the matthew 5 text is very now oriented right like, blessed are those who mourn like blessed are the meek the those who are hungry the merciful I, that that's a very present sort of text and setting and and the revelation seems to be more of that hopeful anticipation um, not yet yeah yeah and so I, the combination of these two passages seems to really nicely encapsulate that um, the knowledge of the presence of God right now, and the and the knowledge of its continued presence into the future. I think you've uh, written my sermon for me for this. <laughs> Thank you. You may you may end up being the one delivering that as well. We'll uh, we'll see how the week shakes out. Of course. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, which but, uh, I'm more than happy to do. Thank you. Yeah, the kingdom of God appears a second time in 511 or 5, uh, rather 510, blessed are those who are persecuted for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last verse on this one too, uh, 512, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. But the, the rejoice and be glad. And I just, um, and that reflects the, the image that is painted in Revelation as well of people sitting around the throne and rejoicing and, and waving their palms and and saying these these prayers of thanksgiving or songs of thanksgiving to God and um, yeah it it is a really powerful juxtaposition um, and the I like the way you put that that the the Sermon on the Mount is is right here right now this is the the kingdom that we are called to proclaim and the kingdom we are called to build in the here and now even as we wait for the not yet. 
mm-hmm. the kingdom which is to come, which may look something like as described in the book of Revelation or may not. But, uh, but there's the hopeful image that that's the kingdom that those who, who have died have entered in, in John's telling. Um, and, and yet here we are now, even in the midst of our suffering, finding blessings. Um, and even in the midst of our grief and, and all that stuff. And, and All Saints Day is, is a chance to, to both reflect on and continue to process grief as well as um, hear, hear a message of hope. Yeah. Um, and I think it is also um, like there are elements of rejoice and be glad in that as well. Um, to, to be able to be thankful and appreciative of the time that we got to spend um, with a loved one, the lessons that they taught us, the, the memories that stick with us, the way that they organized that taught us to organize their spices in the kitchen cupboard. Um, I, like that, all that All Saints Day ritual that, that we have gotten into the habit of doing at First Pres, at least where we um, invite folks, um, you know, if, if a member of First Pres has died in the last year, we invite their family in to come and light a candle as part of the church service is, there are, there are definitely elements of that that are that are mournful and that are sorrowful and that are filled with grief. Um, and I think that there's also elements of it that are rejoiceful, uh, praiseful. Is rejoiceful a word? It is now. Full of rejoicing, <laughs> and um, and and are are celebratory. Um, and you see that mix. Yeah, I mean, you and I have both walked with families through that grieving process. Um, and when you're working with someone on a funeral service or something to that effect, um, you see that mix of emotions within a five-minute span. Um, and so I, I really like the way that these two passages mix together that, um, that earthly element and that divine element. And I don't know, because isn't that just the way that we all live our lives? <laughs> uh, right. We're a mix of emotions all the time. We're a mix of um, past, present, and future all the time. But Yeah, one of the um, liturgies in the Book of Common Worship that we use when we're doing a graveside burial, um, we talk about we are dust and, and to dust we shall return. But even at the grave, our song is Alleluia, Alleluia. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's exactly what it is, that um, there's a, a time to rejoice, even in the midst of the grief. And, mm-hmm. um, and All Saints Day provides us that, that opportunity. And yeah, it's interesting because our, our grief processes have been disrupted in the last nine months in a major way. Yeah. Um, uh, we have not held any full funerals at the church since March. And families who have lost loved ones, we've done small services, and then we've, we've followed up with some socially distanced larger services. But uh, we're also missing the, the tradition of the funeral luncheon, which in, in the Midwest is a big deal. That's, that's where the grief begins to start to be processed, but also that the, the joy is shared, right? The stories and, and the memories and the laughter, and it's, uh, it's been disrupted for the last nine months and will continue to be disrupted for the time being. And so hopefully our All Saints Day celebration that we have on Sunday will give us an opportunity to reflect a bit on that, to, to, to maybe even balance that grief with that joy. And um, we have a beautiful hymn 
uh, about the Beatitudes that uh, the chorus is rejoice and be glad. Blessed are you, holy are you, rejoice and be glad for yours is the kingdom of God. And I can see us singing that on <laughs> Sunday. Yep, I'm singing it right now in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and hopefully the service will be provide an opportunity for folks, um, you know, if folks are, are gathered up with their families, um, you know, at home, hopefully that'll also provide an opportunity for them to talk about loved ones, share memories of loved ones that, you know, folks who have died years or decades ago, right? the, the, the memories of those folks still shape and form us. And um, to have the opportunity to tell stories about them is such a it was just such a hugely important human thing um, to be able yeah. to do. So, and one of the greatest gifts that I think we get as pastors is when we're asked to enter into those spaces with grieving families. Um, I just consider that an enormous blessing to be invited into that space and to share those memories. I, the very first funeral I did at uh, First Pres Hastings was Joe Heineman, mm. um, and he has three sons who all live out of state, but I think all three are Hastings College alum. And so there's a real tight connection there with the community. And the three sons came back. I had been at the church for all of two weeks and had not done a funeral at this church and had really only done a handful of funerals before as an associate pastor at other churches and whatnot. And uh, I got called to the funeral home and I remember walking into the, there's rooms in the funeral home where the family does the funeral arrangements. And, and then I show up after they've completed that and, and we sat down and started planning the service. And um, I was nervous, uh, but I walked into that room and these three boys, his three sons were so full of joy and laughter, uh, even in the midst of their grief, as they told stories about their dad and they reconnected with each other and they reconnected with the community and they invited me into that space and what a privilege and a blessing that was. And, and so for the week we prepared the funeral and that was the first funeral, like I said, that I did in Hastings. And that one is gonna stick with me and, um, might even be referenced in my sermon. Uh, and I'll, I'll let uh, Joe's sons know, who oftentimes actually do uh, keep up with our, our church and, <laughs> and sometimes even uh, watch our services. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it is, it is a very unique privilege um, to be not only allowed into those spaces, but invited into those spaces. Um, when I do a funeral, um, generally the... I'll walk um, the family into the sanctuary for the funeral, um, as I know that you do as well. Um, and so before the service starts, the family might gather in a separate little room someplace, and you'll have a prayer with them. Um, and when I gather with them, I always start that conversation by thanking them, um, thanking them for letting me be a part of that, um, this part of their journey, like that, that part of their um, life together. Um, because it is, you are very, at least I'm very keenly aware um, of, of the sacredness of that, of that time and to be able to be a part of it for folks. So, um, yeah. well, it's, it sounds like this will preach, Greg. I think it will. I think it will. I think you've, uh, you've helped me tee it up quite well, Dave. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. So, um, um yeah, it's a good ahead. time to transition into a few announcements about the life of the church. And the first one being that Sunday is All Saints Day. If you um, are a family member of a member of First Pres uh, who passed away in the last calendar year and you are listening to this, uh, 
you are invited to join us in worship. We will figure out a way to, to wear masks and be properly socially distanced, but um, we have a, a tradition of, of lighting a candle in the honor of members of our church who have died in the last year. And, and so um, we will have a few additional people in the sanctuary on Sunday for that. Uh, and uh, be on the lookout for, we'll be calling or emailing you to try to uh, invite you, certainly not obligated. And we will have uh, other folks, Damon or I will be there to light candles for, for family members who can't be present. But that is a part of the tradition that we do. And uh, we ring a bell uh, with each uh, name that's read. Uh, and so that will be something we do on Sunday. So it should be a very meaningful service. And, and as Damon said, even if your loved one died years ago, uh, or you wasn't a member of the church, it's still an opportunity. The service provides an opportunity for reflection and for grief, but also for celebration and joy. And so we hope that uh, you will join us on Sunday for that. What else we got, Damon? Uh, well, we should probably make sure that folks are aware we have, um, because the weather has turned a little bit, uh, we've suspended that 9.30, or it was 9.30 and then it was 11.30, worship service in Alexander Park. Um, so we are uh, we are currently just holding the 10.30 service um, in the chapel and doing that um, stay-at-home style. So. Correct. Yeah, session met last Thursday and decided for the month of November we will extend uh, our suspending in-person worship in our sanctuary. Um, and that's primarily because of a, quite a significant spike in COVID-19 cases in our region, uh, in our four-county area. And so the session meets each month and, and, and is doing this balancing act. Uh, we recognize the, the, the desire of people to worship in person, the joy and the fellowship that comes along with that, as well as the importance of uh, the safety and health of our, our church family and our community. And so uh, session has made the decision uh, for the month of November that we're gonna suspend in-person worship, uh, but we will be doing stay-at-home worship and also have a whole lot of other remote learning opportunities and fellowship opportunities uh, that we hope you can plug in and be a part of over the next month. Um, so we, uh, we did, sort of finished up our stewardship campaign, although it was a weird campaign this year because we didn't have in-person worship much. Um, if you have not got your pledge card in, uh, we would love for you to send that in sometime this week. We use those pledge cards to build our budget for the following year. And so that gives us a chance to estimate our coming budget. Um, if you lost your pledge card or need a new one, uh, reach out to the church office. We have an electronic version we can send you a link to and get that filled out and sent into the church. That allows us to do that. For those of you who have sent in your pledge cards, thank you. Thank you for your steadfast support of the work of the church. It's vital in this time. Our stewardship campaign theme was loving and sharing for such a time as this. And we recognize that uh, such a time as this does call for doubling down on our loving and sharing right now. So uh, I'll mention, I'll, yeah, I'll mention also that uh, we do have the go and serve cinnamon roll fundraiser going on. So uh, there's a form, a little order form getting put in the bulletins. Uh, I believe it was in this past newsletter. Uh, there's also, I think, an online form that went out in an email from the church. So uh, if you're looking for some a pan of six frozen cinnamon rolls uh, to help you out in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> uh, go ahead and, and contact the church if you need an order form or we'll, we'll get you out. But um, Folks will want to be on the lookout for those and, and get those orders in as, as quick as they can. So. Yeah, and as I mentioned, lots of remote Christian ed opportunities. We're still doing uh, 
pre-K through fifth grade is remote, which means we're recording a video every week. Our director, Christian education, Steph Brader is doing a great job editing those together. It's some of your favorite Sunday school teachers teaching lessons that we upload to our church's YouTube channel, one for pre-K through second, one through third through fifth, as well as packets. And those packets for the month of November went out last week. So you should get those. Um, for our middle school and high school, we're meeting in person on Wednesday evenings with uh, face masks and social distancing. And then for adult, there's a lot going on. We've got a Tuesday noon Bible study, which is both in person and by Zoom. We've got a Wednesday Zoom class on the book of Revelation being taught by Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh. Um, the heirs apparent adult Bible study class that meets on Sunday mornings live via Zoom has restarted and they're doing a great book uh, about the world, something about black and white. Um, uh, it's an Adam Hamilton study. Yeah, seeing, seeing gray in a world of black and white, I believe. Yeah. And then we also uh, are doing a forum every Sunday morning um, and we are recording those forums and posting them to our church's YouTube page. But tell us about the one that we had last week and the one coming up next week, Damon. Uh, so this previous Sunday, as in yesterday, Dr. Bob Amio from Hastings College led a forum on uh, political polarization and the ways that it intersects with um, religious or faith life in the United States. So uh, it was interesting. I'll get that posted to YouTube um, hopefully this afternoon. Uh, folks can check that out. And then this coming Sunday, we've kind of done kind of a little two-part forum series on sort of the intersection of faith and politics. And so this coming Sunday, Dr. Catherine Biba, also of Hastings College, will lead a forum on the life and times of William Jennings Bryan, a uh, very interesting um, political uh, and political figure, figure of faith, uh, Nebraska native, I believe, if that means anything to you, it may or may not. Um, but uh, so that should be really interesting. And those are being done via Zoom as well. Uh, they're still taking place at 915 on Sunday mornings. So if someone's interested in joining in for that, uh, they can let the church office know and we will we'll get them set up with what they need for that. And we will also email that Zoom link out on Friday. We can't post the Zoom link on social media for security reasons, but we will send it out in an email. So keep your eye out for an email on Friday that has the link to, if you want to participate live on Sunday morning at 9.15 in that. Uh, we will also record that one and post it to our church's YouTube page as well, where we're really developing quite a treasure trove of resources. Uh, so yeah. we will uh, be talking more about how we're going to be promoting that in the future too. So uh, that's that's everything on the list. Anything else? All the news that's fit to uh, speak in the podcast. <laughs> uh, shall I draw us to a close with a word of prayer then? Please do. All right. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for being our constant companion. Thank you for being near our side, whether we find ourselves um, rejoicing and being glad, or whether we find ourselves uh, mourning and hungering for righteousness. Thank you, O God, for your presence that is with us now, that has always been with us, for your presence that will continue to be with us. Um, and not only with us, but uh, with all, all your children, um, all people everywhere, your beloved children created in your image. Grant us, O oh God, your wisdom, your courage, your sense of justice and love. 
In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I think that does it. Until next time, toodaloo.